Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to the NRL show, episode 31. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we've got Tasha, we've got Alicia, and guys, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're sort of deep in preseason mode, but the question I've got off the top is we're starting to see some of these, you know, younger names, some of these younger players uh, land on these lists, land on these rosters, and, you know, we don't know much about them, but, you know, fast forward 12 months, and they're probably going to be stars in our game. So that's my first question for you tonight, is do you have a rookie for us to watch in 2022? Uh, Alicia, going to start with you. Yeah, I've uh, I've gone with a young guy named Kurt Falls from Penrith. Um, he's a halfback who, at this point now, you've got Sean O'Sullivan coming on board at Penrith. But with Nathan Cleary out, um, Penrith are probably going to need a halfback, at least in the trials, you know, and, and possibly round one, all those early rounds with, with Nathan's shoulder injury. So um, obviously with Tyrone Magon now, um, there's a position up for grabs on the bench there as a utility. And I think a guy like uh, Kurt Falls coming in, we haven't seen too much of him because of all the COVID um, impacted, you know, the competitions in the lower grades. But I think um, he's one to watch and, and they've recently just signed him on a pretty decent contract. So, yeah, keep an eye out for him. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm most looking forward to as well is a lot of these younger players, it's, it's not even even if they star in the NRL, it'd be just a good to see these these lower-grade competitions back up and going post-COVID um, and seeing some of these players dominate at that lower level. Um, and there's a few players at our club, you know, Newcastle Knights, always looking out for some younger players, a young half there, Christian uh, Mapalangi, uh, you know, we, we sort of fought off a few clubs for his signature, real young kid, you know, probably won't look get a look in for the NRL squad. But again, it would just be great to see some of these junior players at the Knights um, get some runs in on the board um, in those lower grades and, and hopefully give us a bit of a glimpse into the future. Another player who I think will do really well in the NRL uh, this season, uh, outside backs uh, from the Parramatta Reels, is Will uh, Penasini. He's obviously got a got a pretty rich background, you know, got a few games in last season, and he looks like a quality footballer. So, um, you know, Parramatta, they got a few people leaving the club, and, uh, yeah, he could be he could be an important junior uh, for that team. Tasha, what about yourself? Yeah, Dan, I'm, I'm going with Joseph uh, Suwali. I think with all the hype, um, you know, this young Roosters centre, um, he only got, um, I feel a little bit ripped off because I wanted to see if he could live up to all the hype and then he got that foot injury that required surgery. We only saw him for like eight games. So, yeah, he's my rookie that I think um, I want to watch, watch out for next year. All right, guys, let's jump into the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team, and we've got a point of difference about us. Well, this is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. I want to be king in your story. I want to know. Yeah, and this week on the huddle, our team in focus is the mighty Newcastle Knights. Uh, smiling ear to ear as we talk through this particular team. Alicia, I'm going to pass it straight to you. And the question I've got for you is let's start with the coach, Adam O'Brien, because, you know, it's been an interesting ride to say the least uh, over the past uh, little while at the Newcastle Knights. We've had some interesting uh, history there with the Nathan Tinkler years, Wayne Bennett and so on, Nathan Brown's rebuild. But talk to us a little bit about Adam O'Brien because um, he was a a bit of a, a hot signing coming into the club. 
Yeah, it's been really interesting. Obviously, he's come from the the Melbourne and Roosters systems, two clubs that are you know always up there on the ladder and um, defensively are, are very strong minded. Um, so it's been interesting to see him come across to Newcastle, where um, the squad was pretty much inherited for him, um, and it probably just required you know a fresh mind to take them to another level, which I think um, he he's definitely done. Like his record, I think he's winning over fifty percent of his games, which I think um, you know it's only Malcolm Riley or Michael Hagen that is better. So it's it's a pretty good record for him in the last two years, but. Um, I just I just wonder, you know, he's had all this disruption in terms of, you know, no one could have predicted what's happened the last two years off the field with the COVID, you know, the players travelling. Like, it just hasn't been the same, a normal season for a coach. Um, so considering he's had to deal with all that and still managed to get the Knights into the finals um, twice in two seasons, it's much better than, you know, where, where they used to be three or four years ago when they're on the bottom of the ladder. But yeah, I just feel like it's it's now getting to a stage though, coming into his third year, um, I'm expecting like just a little bit more now. Like I think we've had a bit of a glimpse, but now it's sort of the same as Nathan Brown. Can you take them to another level in 2022? Yeah, Leish, look, I agree. I've, I've got, um, you know, the utmost respect for Adam O'Brien. I think he's done well. Like, um, you know, he's he's made the finals in back-to-back seasons and, and I think... Um, they haven't done that in nearly 20 years. I think it was 02, 03 last time um, that they managed that. And, you know, he started off the season with two wins and he, he you know, without Ponga. Um, so I'm thinking they're up and up and up. And then, like you said, you can't predict the injuries and the other things that he had to put up with. But um, for him to have a bit of a horror run with um, his his key players, you know, um, Fritzl, uh, Best, uh, Ponga, um, Pierce, of course, um, you know, and still make the finals. So, yeah, I, I, I think they've got to be pretty happy with him. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. You know, I, I kind of feel spoiled because I, 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 I'm the same as Alicia. You know, I'm, I'm used to now making the first week of the finals, and you know that's great. But I have zero expectations that we're going to get past that. So now I, I, I'm asking the same questions: is how do we, how do we take that next step up? Um, how do we get past week one of the finals? And uh, you know, it doesn't make it any easier when you lose, you know, someone of of Mitchell Pierce's experience and in such a crucial position at halfback. Alicia, I'm, I'm just going to hand this over to you. Talk to us about sort of your your thoughts in and around the team, where we need to improve, because um, you know that that's where the, that's where the Knights fan base is at the moment. Is we do not want to slip back. Actually, we want to move forward. Um, yeah, what's your general thoughts? Well, do you want to hear all my thoughts? No, look, Please. I think defensively, defensively, Adam O'Brien went into the first season with a real defensive focus, right, and it. And it took away from the attack. I thought they improved on their defense because it was so poor under the Nathan Brown era. Um, and they, they did. They got they got that resilience back, which is what Adam O'Brien really worked towards. And um, obviously a few of those games still blew out, but it's a lot better than what it's been. But their attack suffered massively since. And, you know, they were only second worst behind Canterbury this year for, for their attack. They couldn't score points. They look slow, like... We're talking about this Dan a couple of weeks ago off off um off the audio, but I think like they just look like they had gone through a training run on when they're when they're thrown from side to side, and it was always you know get it to Kalen Ponga, get it to Bradman Best, and 
sure we'll try and manufacture something. Whereas, and and I, I don't want to blame Mitchell Pearce, but a lot of it centered around him and his decision making. And you know, was was his career sort of was it slowing down a bit? And he obviously had his injuries and all that. So a lot of it sort of centers around him. And and it was interesting when Jake Clifford come on board midway through the season because that's when they really started to find that spark. And obviously, yes, he takes a lot of pressure off. Um, Mitchell Pierce, but now with Mitchell Pierce gone, I'm really keen to see where they go with this new attack. That they've got Andrew Johns on board up there this preseason, and for them, it's about scoring points now. Because, yeah, as I said, I'm surprised they made the finals in the shape that they did. Just given, like, they obviously won a lot of close, tight games, which was a great reflection of their defense. But you know, you see the good teams put 30 points on each week and then defend. Like they, they need Newcastle need to get both sides of their their attack and defence working to to push forward, to push above the ladder. Yeah, Alicia Preach. And and I guess I I have similar concerns. It's all around the attack and you hit you hit the nail on the head. If if we were to sum it up in one word, it's slow. Everything they do is slow. Everything looks looks disjointed. It actually looks painful to move the football. Um, you know, you pick it up when you watch some of the top teams. You watch a Melbourne Storm, you watch a Penrith, you watch a Sydney Roosters, and then you switch on a Knights game, and you can just see that they're really struggling to shift the ball. So, um, you know, f- few things that they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to have a look at. I, I think they, they haven't really sort of bought into the new lock model. I, I think you know, with Mitchell Barnett there moving into lock as another middle, I have concerns around that. So, I'd, I'd like to see some sort of modern creativity there to take a little bit of pressure off in that lock position. I think that's going to be uh, really, really important. And the other thing too is they're going to have to get this halves uh, combination right because, look, I was really impressed with Jake Clifford. I think he was really, really impressive. But one of his best assets is his kicking game. Uh, it, it, it's outstanding, but he's not exactly uh, – he doesn't exactly have a lot of pace. He will run the ball, but more to get – you know, yards, he's not exactly, you know, breaking tackles and scoring tries. So, you know, the Knights really need to find someone in their halves that can be a little bit little bit dynamic um, and obviously try and take a little bit of pressure off uh, Kalen Ponga. A couple of other thoughts as well is in and around their hooker. I think I've spoken about this previously. Jaden Braley, he's just tackling, tackling himself into submission, making way too many tackles, 50, 60 tackles, and being quite, um, yeah, sort of struggling a little bit um, in attack. Uh, look, it's just going to be really interesting to see. And, and I think part of the challenge for Newcastle is they need to be better at playing with momentum. They've got to be fast over the play the ball. And, uh, yeah, it's just something we didn't see in season 2021. Yeah, Dan, look, what you and Leash saying is both right. But I maybe saw it from a little bit different um, angle. I think, you know, their forward pack were laying a, a great platform for them, um, you know, as far as they're sort of winning the battle of the ruck and, you know, controlling the tempo, but they were missing it from their halves, which is the point that you hit on. Um, I think having, you know, is there anyone better than Joey Johns there to mentor mentor your halfback? I don't think so. And we saw how the team really clicked together halfway through the season when Jake Clifford joined them. So I think if they can get that together, um, you're right, Jaden Braley's fallen into the classic I'm the number nine, I'm the hooker, I'm I'm tackling too much sort of role. Uh, But still, he was there for, you know, almost every 23 of their games. So if they can just get that spine clicking together, Ponga stay, uh, you know, uninjured, then and roll off what their forwards are creating for them. I think it'll be um, a very different team. 
Yeah, Tasha, I don't think it's not a reflection of the forwards. I thought they were brilliant and got yeah. got the team ahead on the front foot. It was that what do we do once we're on the front foot? Who do we, you know, who do we get it to? We get it to Ponga and 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 Bradman best. But unfortunately, teams already can read that. They know it's coming, you know, even with momentum, they know they're going to shift to the left, which is why we spoke about Dane Gagai the other week and how much he's going to bring that that other option for them to go down. But um yeah, I just think it just got to a point where you even had, you know, you Connor Watson who's off to the roosters, but he'd get the ball and you wouldn't even know what he was about to do because he didn't even know. Like he was running around in circles and um trying to create something, but it just it didn't feel like everyone was on the same page in, in the attack. Um they did all the right stuff, you know, completed their completions throughout the whole year were actually pretty good, but it was just not that. It was just lacking that bit of X factor and off the cuff stuff that we see other teams just conjure up a try from nowhere. Um, we just didn't see it enough. And I think it wasn't on the forwards because they created a lot of a lot of field and territory, but it was just that the last play options. Um you know, you just you'd put your hands up in the air and just go, what are they doing? Yeah, um, yeah, 100% leash. But, like, we, we agree um, that the forwards were laying the platform. You know, they were winning that battle of the ruck and then they just seemed, the team seemed a bit lost about where to go there. But you talk about bringing that X factor, having the organisation there, and I just go back to Joey Johns. Like, he's got a big job to do, but I think it's, you know, um, well within his means to do that. And I, I hope for the Knights that that's the spark that they need. To be fair, though, too, Jaden Braley isn't, like, at Cronulla, he, he wasn't a massive attacking hooker either. And so, like, his numbers are up on when he was at Cronulla, which is a positive because the game's obviously changed. His numbers had to go up. He had to be running the ball a bit more. Um, but he can do a little bit more. I give him the benefit of the doubt this year purely because he was coming off that ACL injury and, you know, mm. he did his ACL taking off for a run. There's got to be a bit of mental, um, you know, awareness around that. But... Um, yeah, I, I feel like he's got more attack in him. It just sort of will come with a bit more confidence. Yeah, or, or if if not, move to the two-hooker model and bring someone in off the bench that can be a little bit more dynamic and give him a rest. No, there, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of questions here. There's a couple that I'm going to hold off and ask in a second, but I, I guess one of the things that I my expectation, Alicia, is for this reserve-grade team to win the premiership because one thing you can say about the Knights is there is a lot of depth the only thing that concerns me, Alicia, is that we have churned through our outside backs. Now, I just have a little bit of confidence that Ponga, we've got our centres. Are you with me? If we can try and sort of keep our wingers healthy. I mean, it's been so long since Newcastle have been able to roll out a consistent um, outside back contingent because of injuries. I mean, it, it's going to be a massive battle over preseason for those spots. But, um, yeah, he's hoping we can, uh, you know, pick some players and build some combinations. Newcastle fans know very well the uh, the injury curse that strikes that side every single year. It doesn't matter who it is. There's always at least one or two players that, you know, get injured for a long time. And um, Edric Lee, for me, was a massive loss this year. You know, the way that he used to carry the ball back with Harmel Hunt um, really sort of took took the pressure off the forwards to then, you know, deliver as well. Um so, yeah, getting him back, hopefully, he's on a training trial contract at the moment. But from what I understand, if he can get through preseason with his foot, um, they'll probably offer him something, which is good news. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you said, we've got the centres now. It's a matter of finding a couple of decent finishes. Um, and, you know, the, the big thing is, and we go back to it, but the halfback now is is that position that you, you really want to nail down. And, um, you know, if they can do that, then it's not a bad 
side that can sort of push forward. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that's the question I've got for you. So thinking about kind of the makeup of this team, have, have you got some ideas as to what your team would kind of look like? And uh, the other question I've got for you, excuse me, is uh, is your captain. Uh, who do you think will captain the Newcastle Knights? I'll, uh, I'll go first while you guys ponder that one. Look, for me, the captain, uh, for me, is Caelan Ponga. Um, I think it's uh, it's about time that, that he sort of steps up. I also think it could be a little bit of a, a carrot that we can dangle in terms of trying to keep him at the club longer term. I think Jaden and, and Daniel did a great job in terms of holding down the fort last year, but I really, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that Caelan Ponga is part of the Knights' plans uh, in the longer term. So it would certainly, it would certainly be great to, it'd be certainly great to have him there. Um, and in terms of my vice captain, uh, look, it's a toss of the coin. I would really like to see Dane Gagai part of that leadership group. And if he's not the vice captain, um, you know, Daniel Saifidi, I think would be a good option there. Uh, in terms of, in terms of the, the the halves, this is where it gets really, really tricky. I think. The starting halves will be Adam Clune and Jake Clifford, but that's not the way that I would go. I think I've spoken about in last episodes where I'd like to see some of these players like a Tex Hoy, a Phoenix Crossland, really be tested to see if they're going to make it in the NRL. Otherwise, we do have to move on and give some of these younger players an opportunity. We really don't want to block those pathways. So for me, I'd be moving Jake Clifford to halfback and I'd be taking a shot on Phoenix Crossland or Tex Hoy at 5'8". Tash, what about yourself? Who's your captain and, and what does your team look like? Well, I've got um, I've got a little bit of, a, against you there. I, I'm keeping um, Adam Clune in there in the halves. Um, I just think I don't want to take any risks to start with. Um, obviously, I want Ponga um, to step up in the in a leadership role, but I think Braley can can you know also maintain that leadership role. He's got the runs on the board as far as he's actually. He lasted the whole season, 23 games. So you want somebody, you know, either your captain or vice captain to be there week in, week out. I'm not putting the curse on Kalen at all, but, um, you know, he, he missed quite a few games. So I've got, um, as far as my spine goes, I've got, uh, you know, Ponga at one, and then I've got Clifford and Clune and uh, Braley in at the nine. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And Alicia, give it to us. Uh, what does your night's team look like at the moment? And it's, it's difficult to pick a skipper as well. Yeah, well, from my reports, Adam Clune's pretty much, you know, smashing it a preseason. He's come on board pretty quickly, so I would, I would give him a go. I feel like Phoenix Crossland, we have just have not seen enough of that guy um, in terms of performance. Like he's, he's obviously a handy player, but I just don't think he's a starting halfback. We saw the same with um, like Brock Lamb and Jack Cogger a few years ago. I think that might be another case. Um, same with Tex Hoy. I, I don't. Think I don't see him in the squad at all. I think he's on a training trial as well or in development. Um, so yeah, I I'd, I'd be still looking outside for for another decent quality halfback as well. Like if Luke Brooks comes on the market, absolutely I'd go for him in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, I just think for now Adam Clune. Um, I think it's pretty harsh to sort of drop the captaincy from from Braley or, or Safidi. I think I'd stick with Braley. Um, you know, both those guys did pretty well. But um, as a left-field smoky option, I, I would go with someone like Dane Gagai as well. I think he – we all know what he's like, you know, in the Origin Arena and when he's got that Maroons jersey on. But I think if you had a captaincy next to those, you know, his name at Newcastle, um, he, he plays with that passion. You know, that's what you want. So I see your point, Dan, with, with Ponga, but I think him at the back just being a captain at fullback and um, does he need that extra responsibility at the moment? I don't think he does. So – 
yeah, it's interesting, but I think they, they're really lacking. You know, look at Tyson Frizzell. He could even be a captain option. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I think they've got a good leadership group. It's just who's going to be that number one skipper, who's going to be that leader. And, and, I, and I definitely agree with you in terms of Phoenix and Tex. And I, I've got a similar feeling. Jack Cogger, uh, Brock Lamb, they're, they're great comps because we need to work out whether they're going to make it. And if they, if they don't, uh, we, need to, we need to definitely look out to, to the open market because, um, yeah, without a dominant half, it, it, make, it does make it – are very, very difficult. Um, all right, guys, time for our predictions. Uh, Tash, uh, give it to us. You're, you're probably the most unbiased uh, panel member at the moment talking all things nice, but, um, yeah, we're, we're ready for it. We can handle it. What's your thoughts on the Knights in 2022? Look, they, they made the finals last year. They made the finals this year, and um, I'm pretty sure if they can keep that um, that injury curse that Alicia spoke about, um, just at bay for, for just give them one season, then, yeah, sure, they're at finals again. Um, but I'm going to not go out on a limb. I'm going to put them at seven or eight. Yeah, look, for me, I've got them missing. I've, I've got them ninth. Um, I'm, I am concerned about the halves. I, you know, for me, I, I think uh, we've just spoken about it. I, I think there's, there's, there's a few issues there. And I'm also looking for an alpha. I'm also looking for, you know, I just think back to, you know, you, you don't want to compare anyone to Joey, but I want someone to, you know, be able to spray teammates, get people in line and, and just sort of really set those standards. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's something they are going to miss with Mitchell Pierce leaving. So, look, hopefully there's there's a player or two in this squad, particularly in the spine, that, that can sort of do that and, and do that role. But at the moment, just not quite seeing it. Um, yeah, which is a shame because in other positions we do look quite strong. Uh, Alicia, what about yourself? I'm going to go out on a limb here and show my bias and say that they're going to finish fifth. Um, and the reason for that is not that Mitchell Pierce was a burden because I don't want to like put crap on the guy because he was absolutely amazing for the Knights, you know, when he come on board. But I just think it's going to free the Knights up a bit. They're going to play a lot more off the cuff stuff that we mentioned before. And if they can stay injury free, which is obviously the big one, I think by the end of, you know, round 20, we should see a team that's playing pretty well. Um, you know, if Adam Clunes at halfback and gets his crack and plays really well, Jake Clifford's the same, um, then I think there's enough firepower to, to score some more points. But, um, yeah, it's probably a bit of a wild, bold prediction there. But I think Mitchell Pierce departing might, you know, bring Kalen Ponga into it a lot more. Like he, he obviously needs to step up. We know that. But this might just give him, right, the opportunity to – to actually put his foot down, which is what we want. All right, guys, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and this week on the match where, well, we're moving up to the Gold Coast, uh, to the Titans, and we're looking at two particular outside backs and, and two players that have really hit the Titans by storm. And that is Corey Thompson, one of our favourite players, coming up against rookie Greg Marshu. And uh, Tasha, let's talk about Corey Thompson because, uh, yeah, again, we try not to have favourites here at Mojo, but Corey's certainly one of those players. Yeah, he is. And, look, Dan, I was really disappointed when he left the Tigers because um, he was always one of the best players on the park, you know, every week. Uh, he's not the biggest guy, um, but he certainly plays well above his weight and, He's he's always there. He puts his hand up to you know to take the runs um, coming out of their own end, and, and we all know what a great finisher he is. Yeah, he's a great player. Um, his work rate and involvement, 
they're always impressive. Yeah, Alicia, you hate to be a snob when it comes to the athletic side of rugby league because if you're you played one NRL game, you, you're certainly uh, you know you're certainly up there in terms of your, your your athletic prowess. But obviously, Corey a little bit undersized, but he's an outstanding footballer, and you know he was inches away from uh, representing Queensland this year. Yeah, and I think you know he might be small in size, but he's got a massive heart, and I think that's his the way that he's always played. Um, I remember talking to him a few months ago before the when the Titans made the finals and, um, you know, very passionate guy no matter where he goes, you know, from when he started at Canterbury through to, to the Tigers switch, I went overseas obviously and had some really successful seasons over there and then come back to the Tigers and then made his way up to the Titans. So, um, you know, he's, he's a very good club man and very underrated. I feel like, you know, opposition wingers, when they, you know, marking up against him, just probably think, oh, I can easily get one over this guy. And next minute, you know, it's the other way around and he's scoring two tries against them. So, um, yeah, can't speak highly enough of him when I've spoken to him. And, um, you know, he just, you know what you're going to get out of him, just all all effort, all heart. And to be honest, like, I can't recall times when he ever does get, you know, overleaped or um, too many tries scored against him in the air because he, he at least puts pressure on and that's what you want from a winger. Yeah, he's a guy who doesn't have a bad game and uh, that means a lot when you're playing in the NRL. You know, when you think about Corey Thompson, uh, you know, I guess the rugby league community is always trying to move on, you know, some of the, the older, more experienced players for some of the younger, faster, more speedier players. But, you know, we saw with the Morris boys, uh, you know, for the Roosters this year that, you know, a little bit of experience in the outside backs, it can uh, it can do wonders. Yeah, 100%, Dan. I agree with that. You know, it, I think when we do a lot of these matchups, um, I often Go, you know, go for the the one that's there, that's consistent, that has the experience, that has the runs on, on the board. And you're right, you know, the Morris twins showed that. Yeah, absolutely. And if we flip it over to his competitor tonight, uh, let's talk about Greg uh, Marshu because, you know, it's, uh, well, Alicia, I'm going to start with you because he's just given off those Solomoni Carter vibes. You know, he's only five foot 10 in size, but 105 kilos. And you know, you just watch a couple of his games and, and you realise that the, the Titans have got a bit of a powerhouse here. Yeah, but he's had a bit of a journey. Um, from, from memory, he come across um, to Melbourne from New Zealand and then um, moved up to Queensland and there was massive raps on him um, when his surname was uh, was Lelizio. Yeah, possibly. that's right. Yep. Yeah, and, and he, you know... From all reports, he was going to make his debut um, in the NRL before um, basically just form and he had, he had a couple of injuries as well. Um, so to see him debut finally, you know, and we saw the size of him and, and speaking to him in interviews earlier this year, I think he just, he recalled, you know, he finally just a light bulb moment where he thought I'm at a bit of a crossroads at the moment and I need um, to start providing for my family and, um, basically got himself into into good nick and makes his NRL debut and he's played pretty well in the games that he that he's been playing. Um, six tries in eight games this season and we know he's got the size and he's always had the potential, but I think he's finally starting to unlock that up at the Titans. And um, yeah, he's only twenty four, so he's still got plenty of footy left in him. But I just feel like that change has done him a world of good, and I think he's just really had that light bulb moment in his career. Yeah, Tasha, Alicia is exactly right. I mean, this is one of the most long-awaited uh, NRL careers. You know, we, we've obviously heard about Greg for, for a lot of years. We expected him to be, 
you know, in that Parramatta system and, and be one of their, their next superstars. But he's certainly gone a long way around it. But, uh, you know, it just goes to show how difficult it is to break into the, and the, into the NRL. And I guess the importance in not giving up on players because, you know, at only 24 years of age, he's still got an opportunity to go on and have a really long and successful career. Yeah, Dan, and he, like you said, he is only 24 years of age. And, okay, he's, he's not the tallest winger in the game, but my word, he's got to be one of the, the biggest. Uh, like you mentioned, 105 kilos, and he knows how to use that weight and strength. Um, Leash mentioned, um, yeah, he made his debut this year. I think he only played eight games, and Leash mentioned how many tries he managed to score, but he also managed, you know, 27 tackle busts in those eight games. So he's definitely a powerhouse and, and one to look out for in the future. Yeah, and I think it talks to some of the the challenges in terms of making that step up from the juniors. You know, obviously with someone who is so powerful uh, that can do a lot of the basics well, it, it just becomes, you know, that step up into the NRL, it's, it, it's, it's quite something. And even our state competitions as well, because all of the technical side becomes so important. Defense, being able to work well with your centre. So these are things that he's been working on for quite some time and, Again, if he continue, if he can continue to improve, uh, the Titans could have unlocked someone uh, pretty special. All right, guys. Well, no sitting on sitting on the fence when it comes to the match. Uh, Tasha, interesting one for you here. Obviously, with Corey and Greg, both at different uh, stages of their career, different body types, different players. But uh, yeah, where are you going with this one? Look, I'm going to stay consistent. Um, I think last week we did uh, Best and Gagai, and they're at different stages of their career. Um, same goes this time with um, Corey and Greg. So I'm, yeah, no, I'm going to go with Corey because you know what you're getting from him week in, week out. Go that consistency. Um, you know, we spoke about how we want to move on our older players. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Corey. Yeah, Alicia, I think, you know, for me, you know, this time next year, we're probably saying Greg. Uh, I'm sure, you know, by then he's sort of well-established himself and is one of the dominant players in the competition. But at the moment, I've got to agree with Tasha. I've got to go uh, based on CV. Uh, Corey's just done so much in the game, very, very consistent. And, uh, yep, look, Corey for me. Alicia, where are you going on this one? Uh, just to be different, I'm going to go against both of you and say uh, I'm going to go with Greg. Um, purely based on his potential. I think I said it last week, we'll brand my best. You know, hopefully by the end of their careers, um, they've been pretty successful. And I think Greg's got an enormous amount of potential. Obviously, the size is one thing, but just his performances um, this year for the Titans were pretty strong. And, um, you know, with Anthony Don now retiring, I think it's a great opportunity for him to really, um, you know, cement that spot in that Titans side. And um, he's... uh, his performances, I think, I know Thompson played alongside um, uh, Paddy Herbert for the for the finals, but, you know, there's every chance that, that Greg will be in the mix there on that right edge as well. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with Greg for now, but I do like Corey because he just gives it his all. Yeah, and I, and I can definitely see where you went there with Greg because uh, even just his skill in yardage, I mean, that that's just a prerequisite now when it comes to an NRL winger. You've definitely got to be able to, uh, take those tough carries, and Greg can certainly do that. But uh, no, good little battle there, and uh, again, excitement building up there at the Gold Coast. All right, guys, let's jump through to our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. 
Yeah, and this week we continue our World Cup series, and well, we're headed up to uh, to PNG to Papua New Guinea, and uh, we're taking a look at uh, their squad heading into the World Cup next year. Uh, guys, a question I've got for you in rapid fire this week is: Who is your PNG player to watch for next year's World Cup? I'm going to start with you. Yeah, Dan, it was pretty easy for me. Um, I couldn't go past Alex Johnson. Like um, he was the. I think the top or one of the top try scorers in the NRL this year. And, um, you know, I'm hoping he, he continues in that way and he scores plenty of tries uh, for PNG next year in the World Cup. Yeah, look, for me, and I think we've spoken about this on previous episodes, for some of the minnows, they, they sort of struggle in and around the Haas. Well, not PNG because they have uh, Lachlan Lamb, obviously the son of Adrian. And, you know, I guess this is kind of where we started to get a little bit of buzz from Lachlan. You know, he sort of made his international debut for PNG and he's slowly, you know, working his way through the NRL and uh, he had a great season last year uh, for the Roosters, sort of filling in there with a lot of injuries. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what Lachlan can do in the PNG jersey now that he's a little bit older, a little bit more mature and certainly a better footballer. Uh, Alicia, what about yourself? I've gone with uh, possibly Alex Johnson's partner on the left edge there in Justin Olam. Um Apparently, he he's just one of the most popular guys in PNG. Obviously, they're a mad rugby league footy nation. But um, you know, when he goes back there, he's like a rock star. So, um, yeah, I think his game at Melbourne has obviously gone to a whole new level. Um, and you know, put a PNG jersey on him in a World Cup, and you know, he'll he'll go another ten years. So, looking forward to seeing him, and and potentially you got Xavier Coates as well. He's eligible. Um, it's a pretty handy backline. Um, if they can, you know, David Mead's another one. So they got they got some pretty good backs. Um, they just got to find some forwards from from possibly the Hunter side as well um, in the Q Cup. All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel. Always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.